0: I'm a Yankee, and uh, I've grown up knowing how to drive in bad weather, but I respectfully say that you haven't, (laughs) and that's all I will say on that subject, but it is great to be with you. I thank your pastor who uh, I understand totally. He was, he was apologizing profusely about not being here. And I said, bro, I wouldn't have it any other way. If your boys are speaking, you've got to be there. And I appreciate Brother Sanders uh, for the fellowship and, and fellowship with your brother here. But Last time we were here, we were at, uh, at eating at a Mexican restaurant. And I, uh, I, I, I like to eat. And I like Mexican. But this is, this is the first time, this is my fifth time in Arkansas to preach, but the first time to bring my lovely wife with me, and i wonder if she would stand and give a word of testimony tonight as she puts, well, maybe she won't put down Madeline. Our granddaughter, we've had her about three weeks, which was a total surprise. And I think she's kind of torn right now between wanting to go home and see mom and dad, but still wanting to be with Nan and Pap. But we are so thankful for the blessing that she has been to us. Is it all right if I preach to you tonight? I was trying to seek after the Lord what to speak. I'm not going to sing. Don't you worry about that. I should have let you guys know way ahead of time that uh, if if I sing, we'll clear the house out. But when I'm done, you'll say, you know, he's not that bad of a preacher. That's about the only good thing about my singing. But as I was beginning to try my best to get the mind of the Lord for this service and and just seek after the Lord what he desired me to speak, this this is something I studied this past week, and it, it it came back to my mind. And I would like to, if you would turn with me to your Bibles, First Kings chapter twenty. We're gonna start at verse twenty-eight. How many is thankful you're in the house of the Lord? Amen. Don't we take a lot of things for granted? 1 Kings twenty twenty eight and there came a man of God and spake unto the king of Israel and said, Thus saith the Lord, because the Syrians have said, The Lord is God of the hills, but he is not God of the valleys. Therefore will I deliver all this great multitude into thine hand, and ye shall know that I am And the Lord, and they pitched one over against the other seven days, and so it was in the seventh day that the battle was joined, and the children of Israel slew of the Syrians a hundred thousand footmen in one day, but the rest fled to Aphek into the city, and there a wall fell upon twenty and seven thousand of the men that were left, and Benadad fled and came into the city into an inner chamber." I'm going to speak to you a little while this morning or this evening, wherever I'm at, whatever time it is. Better check here on this subject. What God do you serve? Sounds like a silly question to ask a oneness group, huh? Well, I'm going to speak to you about that tonight. Let's pray. Mighty Jesus, Lord, I thank you and I praise you for this opportunity to just come into your house. We thank you for these people. We thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to grace this pulpit, Lord. I thank you for your word, your anointed word. I desire to you anoint me, that you speak through me, Lord. Let me be what you would desire me to be. Let me not get in the way, but let everything that comes out of my mouth glorify you, praise you, and honor you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Now, I don't know about you, but I I believe it's, it's pretty safe to say that we pride ourselves on being one God people. Amen? I, I I think that uh, that that in in 1914 and 1915, when there was this this big Jesus name controversy, this controversy about how you should be baptized and how many you should believe in the Godhead came about, and 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 the the assemblies of God asked our forefathers to get up and leave, and they left as they sang, "Holy, holy, God Almighty." Uh, the, God in three persons, blessed trinity, and we left. We left not knowing where to go. We left not knowing what to do, but we knew this. We knew that there was one God, and Jesus was his name. I believe we don't have any problem with with knowing that God was manifest in the flesh, amen? Seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed up in glory. I, I believe we know John 1, 1 real well, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And verse 14 clarifies that, and it says, and the Word was made flesh. I believe we know for a fact that we serve the one true living God. Amen? This is, this is one advantage we have in Israel, Brother Sanders, because a, a, lot, of, a lot of people, uh, Christian missionaries, they have a, a big disadvantage in the fact that they believe in the Trinity. And they, the Jews' biggest problem with, with Christianity is they lump us all together and believe we all believe in a separation of the Godhead and that the Father is a deity over here and the Son is a deity over here and the Holy Ghost is a deity over there. But we believe Shema, Israel, Adonai, Eloheinu Adonai Chud. In English, Hero O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. So with that being said, you probably are wondering, what is this guy talking about? Which God do you serve? See, it, it seems to me as oneness as we are, many times we serve two God's. Now, I'm not talking where Jesus said you will either serve God or mammon. I'm not talking about serving your possessions. But, but maybe it's, it's, it's a little bit better to explain it is, is we serve two perceptions of God. We've got the God that answers by fire. How many is thankful for the God that answers by fire? The God that provides, the God that takes care of us, the God that meets our needs, the God that helps our, our health, the God that helps us to, to be able to... to it, Go every day and live and, and the God that we feel good about in a Sunday night service, the God that we want to do cartwheels and run the aisles over. But but I got some bad news for you. Monday morning is a few hours away. And sometimes it seems like the greatest Sunday night service is usually met with the worst Monday mornings. It seems like the greater you feel him, the more you get in a service, the more power you felt over the weekend just just seeking him, the harder Monday is going to be. I'm here to tell you that just because you might not feel him tomorrow at work the way you feel him tonight, it's not a different God. But in our minds, we make him a different God. With our actions, we make him two different people. This is exactly what happened. The Syrians are coming down with 127,000 men. and, And it looks bad for Israel. It looks like they're not going to be able to survive this one. And a man of God comes down and he says, listen, I'm going to tell you what the Lord said. Because the Syrians have said that their God is a God of the mountain. But he's not a God of the valley. Let's get him in the valley and let's get him fighting. Now, where did that perception come from? Where was that theology born out of that he just wasn't nearly as powerful in the mountains as he was in the valley? Well, I'm going to tell you, it's conceived it's, it's where most, most thoughts are conceived about God out in the world from watching the church. Somewhere they saw something that was different about the way that they felt about their God on the mountaintop than they felt about him in the valley. Somewhere they saw that, that you know, they seem pretty strong in their God when all is going well. They seem pretty confident in his ability. Their faith is pretty high, but let's get them in a trial and let's see how they react. Let's get them in some trouble and some tribulation. You know, we're no different today day we are fickle people flesh is fickle you can be feeling sky high 10 feet tall and bulletproof and get a text message or a phone call and change your entire outlook on the day you would never been there huh you can, you can be feeling so good one minute, so up, so powerful, so f- feeling like praising and open the mailbox and find a bill you weren't expecting. Get some news you weren't expecting. Find out something that somebody said about you or something went on and all of a sudden you went from thinking that he was the greatest God and feeling good about yourself to feeling like it was time for a pity party and he must have forsook you and he must have forgot who you were and he must have had a senior moment and now he's nowhere to be found. See, I'm here to tell you God does not desire us to serve him out of our perception. He doesn't desire Desire us to serve him out of our emotions. He doesn't desire us to serve him out of how we feel on a certain day. This is why we must get behind or pit past praise. We've got to go beyond praise because praise is simply emotion. It's emotion. They have damned and condemned us for years. For Being emotionalist. Well, that Pentecost is just emotionalism. That's what they do. They they play on your emotions, and and people will come to our services, and they'll go to their friends, and they will say, "Oh, I, man, I felt something like I never did." Well, yeah, because that's how that's how they are. They 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 hype things up. They're they're playing on on your vulnerability, and 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 unfortunately, that has become true many places in our fellowship. As as preachers and as worship leaders, we have learned the right buttons to push when when service isn't going quite the way that you want it to go, and and in fact. In fact, if I, was, if I was a studied preacher and if I was a student of this, uh, this, I would know that right now I should probably stop and I should start quoting some verses that will get you on your feet because things aren't quite really gone the way that they should be gone. And, and we know the right catchphrases and we know the right buzzwords and we know the, the scriptures that make you shout and the, the songs that make you get up and, and we've started to play on people's emotions uh, when in reality what we need to play on is people's need for God. What we need to do is go past praise, go past goosebumps. We need to get to a place of worship where His manifest power is present in our midst, and He's working and moving the way He desires beyond our emotion. We, we I was thinking of this song we sang the song tonight, and I was thinking about it. I think about it a lot when we sing it. I, see we 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 only lie a couple times in Pentecost. Versus when people say, how are you doing? We usually lie. Oh, I'm great. Things are wonderful. But you know the other time we lie? When we're singing. We sing a lot of stuff we shouldn't be singing. Let me ask you, if I'm going to sing louder than before, where am I going to get to the point that I can't sing any louder? I don't know about you, but if I'm going to jump higher than before, I better start getting in some training so I can jump higher. If if I'm going to shout louder, if I'm going to worship deeper, see, we sing these things mindlessly because they make us feel good. Emotions, emotions, any hypocrite can come into a red hot pentecostal service feel the presence of god run the aisles even talk in tongues and can leave here and have an affair in the back of a chevy It cannot be. He cannot be just the God of our emotions. It cannot be just he is the God that we feel good about when all is well. It cannot be he is just the God that, that we we like to exalt when we feel like exalting him. But it's got to be come hell or high water. Jesus, you've never forsaken me. You've never failed me. And no matter what's going on in my life, I will praise you. I will will worship you. I will be exactly what you want me to be because I'm telling you, we are being watched. Yeah. Right. The world's watching us. This is where this perception came from the Syrians. You, you, you watch your opponents. Well, you know, we've seen enough that when they're on the mountaintop, man, they're tough to beat when they're not feeling too good about their god that's when we can take them see I, you know i used to think i got a vivid imagination and i used to imagine when we would stand before jesus and i imagined this this huge screen of epic proportions would would, would have all these flashes of our lives and, and we'd look at all the different times in our lives and all these different things and, and, and this, is, this is where we would, we would know what, was, what, what he was talking about when, when he was judging us or when we were, when we were standing before him to, to make account of what we've done with our life. And I used to think that that's how it worked and I believe that it' probably work with that with the older generation. but I think this generation, he's just going to open our Facebook. I think he's just going to read down through and scroll through some statuses and say, you know, April twenty eighth, two 2014, you were in a trial and you were in some tribulation. Let's see what you posted that day. And he's going to read that post. And and, and that post should say something like, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. But unfortunately, it's usually going to be crying. It's going to be whining. It's going to be people that make people in the outside outside looking in saying, I sure don't want to serve the God they serve because Sunday they were just posting how great he was. And Monday, man, it doesn't even look like they know who God is. I've got some people that are on Facebook that claim to be Pentecostal. That I wish where it says about me, and it says religious preferences. I wish they'd put atheist. I don't care. I wish they put Buddhist. I wish they put anything but Pentecostal, because they're doing nothing but making us look like a joke, making us look like a mockery. Because all they do is whine, all they do is complain, all they do is have a, a listen. You, I'm telling you, it's, there's times where your emotions get the best of you. I, I can suck my thumb with the best of them. I can. Out, I can throw pity parties but God forbid that I bring shame to my God and do it publicly and show it off and flaunt it where they say their God is the God of the mountains but he sure isn't the God of the valleys. Which God do you serve? See we, we learn quickly in, uh, in, in Israel that that you cannot be Emotion-driven. And, and, and some of you I know have heard about how we deal with what we deal with over there, but a lot of you haven't. See, we're, we're the underground church. We hold church illegally. We don't have legality in Israel. In fact, this afternoon uh, is our normal 5 o'clock international service and while our service is going on, there's a man in the sound booth and and not only is he putting up scriptures and putting up the multimedia and the songs and everything but he's also watching above his head the monitor that is showing four different camera angles and the one that he's got to watch the most is the one that goes out the hallway down from our building to the rest of the the, the 12th floor And, and he's got to keep his eye on that to make sure that there's not a Jewish spy coming that somebody that's coming to try and out us to to get some money from the rabbi as well as as well as some brownie points and get us out of the country see've we've come to the realization that 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 this climate-controlled Christianity that we've lived in in the states for so long that Jesus if it's just right I'll worship this this climate-controlled Christianity that, that we have got so comfortable in this place where we say well you know we're Goldilocks Christians well, if it's too hot, I'm not going to be partaking of it. It's got to be just right for me. If we sing the right song, then I'll worship. If preacher doesn't preach what he preached last week, I'll amen. If it's something that's not affecting me, I'll be okay with it. But the fact of the matter is, when you get in the foreign field and you get into a place where it's illegal, you've got to make up your mind that, no, I'm not going to be able to just be a man that is worshiping in my emotions, but I've got to be a man that says lord i am in this thing sink or swim i am in this thing for the long haul and it does not matter i'm here to tell you it is time our men step up and be what god wants them to be to be the spiritual leader of the home to say honey i'm telling you i love you but i gotta go to church and you're gonna see me worship you're gonna hear me pray I don't know if you all familiar with Cross at Arkansas. Brother Hickman has pastored there for 58 years. 58 years. A couple years back, I was with him and he was up before church, and he said, You know, some of you men, I don't know why, what your problem is with, with not being able to pray out loud. He says, I don't know, maybe you got a runner in your stockings. He just was. Getting in their face a little bit. See, see, it's, it's too macho to worship the Lord. Let me tell you, the Jews, there's a lot of things they got wrong, but there's a lot of things they got right. And one of them is the men lead in prayer and in worship that Western Wall that we call in the United States the Wailing Wall, they will be there praying and all of a sudden something will break out. And man, they'll begin to dance and they'll begin to shout and they'll begin to sing loud and they'll grab about eight or ten of them and grabbing hands and dancing around. But the awesome thing about that is that brings the women to attention. They come over to that that barricade and they step on their tiptoes looking, watching, because they are in all of that. I'm here to tell you you if our men would become what we need to be see we we're not supposed to be controlled by our emotions but we we get to that place where where we you know what i i just don't feel like preach or worship tonight. i just don't feel like praising tonight i just i just don't feel like listen i guarantee if you go out tomorrow with your bow and you shoot yourself a 12 pointer with a 30 inch spread with drop tines you're gonna dance all over that that woods Oh, me, oh, my. See, we say we're not emotional. I guarantee if you get a knock on the door from Publishers Clearinghouse tomorrow and they say you are $8 million, you wouldn't go, well, thank you, Jesus. Oh, bless you. No, no. You would look like a raging lunatic. You wouldn't care who saw you because you got $8 million, and if they don't want to be your friends anymore, you can buy new ones. But see, which God are we serving? What God are we following? Who is it that we are actually worshiping? We've got to get past this mentality. Listen, if there's something I've learned in Israel, we've got people, we had one lady, and I preached about her this morning, Sister Beth. She had eight hours off a week. That was the only window of opportunity she had off to to do anything. She was an in-care home giver. She worked for Jews, and they were strict about her time to be there. And She had off from Sunday at 10 o'clock in the morning until 6 o'clock in the evening. That was her window of opportunity. She took a one-hour bus ride to Tel Aviv. And then she got on another bus and took another hour or a little bit more at times, depending on traffic, bus ride to Jerusalem. And then she would walk 15 to 20 minutes to the church and would be the first one there to open the service, to get things ready, to have everything all prepared. And then after service, she would be one of the last to leave. She would have the place cleaned up and the dishes washed from fellowship. And if she had time, maybe she'd grab a bite to eat. But she had to get on a bus so she could take an hour bus ride to Tel Aviv and then an hour bus ride uh, to where she lived with her employer. She had eight hours off a week. And and, uh, out of that eight hours, five of that nearly was spent in traveling to church. Five hours was spent in traveling to church. And then we get this mindset that we get just a little sniffle in our souls. We just don't feel too good. And we start missing church. uh, Like, well, you know, I'm here to tell you, my mom used to tell me, man, she was old school. Well, you're sick? Well, there's no place better to be than the house of God, because he's going to heal you greater than any doctor will. See, we've got to get this mindset that the last generation had, that they just didn't serve God out of their emotions, that it didn't matter how they felt, but they had a God that called them out of darkness and into his marvelous light, and they were going to worship him regardless what was going on. Didn't matter what was on the TV. Didn't matter how the temperature was. It didn't Not matter, they wanted to worship God. But which God do you serve? Which God do you serve? I get I get angered at times preaching all over the United States and hearing praise leaders just have to beg people to worship. Peg them. We do we do everything. We make them stand on our heads. We make those musicians just do everything they can before we'll finally say, Well, okay. We're, we're like that tree planted by the waters many times. I shall not be moved. And and Come in, we have, man, people come in. You, you, you didn't have to worry about what kind of day they were having when they came to church. You knew the second the car door opened. Because they either had a sour look on their face, didn't want to shake your hand, didn't want nothing to do with you, or man, they were serving the God of the mountain and were ready for church. We cannot serve the God of our emotions. can't. Remember, my former superintendent, and I know my wife is tired of hearing this story, but it's a story that affected me as a young preacher so much. We had a young minister seminar, and he was talking about faithfulness. And he started a church in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Amish country. Pentecost wasn't popular there. For years, it was just him and his wife. For years. See, today, we got enough sense that if things don't work after six months, well, you just must not have been called by God. Silliness. I was being facetious there. They couldn't afford a building. They rented a room in the YWCA. And one Sunday morning, Brother Paris was getting around, and his wife was so sick she couldn't even get out of bed. And he took his accordion, and he headed to that building. And and, and at 10 o'clock, nobody showed up. Well, Brother, maybe you should just have a prayer meeting. Because that's what we do in Pentecost now if a lot of people don't show up. We'll just... Let's just have prayer and then then we'll dismiss after a little while. 10 o'clock, he opened up his accordion and he got behind that pulpit and he began to sing. And, and he said, is there anything anybody wants to sing? And he said, since he was the only one there, he got to sing whatever he wanted. And it t- came time for prayer requests and nobody was there. And he said, you know, uh, we, we're going to take some prayer requests. And he was the only one there, so he was the only one that had a prayer request. And then he prayed for those prayer requests. It came time for offering and he took up an offering and since no one else was there, he gave in the offering. And and, and when it came time to preach, well, man, it was 45 minutes in or so. It might as well You might as well just pack it up. Nobody's coming. He laid that accordion down. He grabbed that note and grabbed those Bibles and he just Went to preaching. And he said when he got just about to the end, he gave an altar call. And since he was the only one there, he went to an altar and he repented and, and, and heeded the altar call. And when he got done and packed that accordion up and walked out those doors, he set it down and he hit the down button in the elevator and he heard a voice behind him say, thank you. And he turned around and there sat the janitor. He said, I've been out there the whole service. Thank you. See, it wasn't response that we used to preach for. It wasn't emotions that we used to try to get aroused. We just did it because that's what we were called to do. It was a necessity. We had a mindset, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. It didn't matter if there was a handful. It didn't matter if the church was packed. It didn't matter if nobody was there. It was what we did because we served one God. We didn't serve the God of our emotions. We didn't serve the God that just made us feel good. We served the God coming hell or high water the god in sickness and health the god of richer or poorer we serve one god and that's what we need to realize we've got to be one god not just in scripture but in emotion we've got to give everything no matter how we feel let us stand on the platform just thinking about Moses and the children of Israel if the musicians would come. Did you ever wonder how in the name of all that is holy could Moses take a 40 day excursion to a mountain to seek God and come back to a worship service that included a golden calf. How in the world could that have been? How? See, because a golden calf was a God of no requirements. It was a God of no consequences. It was a God of just feeling good. Listen, I'm not trying to get out there, but listen to me. <clears throat> I like the goosebumps on Sundays. Amen. But how many knows you can go to a ball game and get goosebumps? You can you can feed off the energy of a crowd and feel the same thing in your emotions that you can at times feel in a church service. A feel-good story. Oh, boy, that just gives me goosebumps. If we're measuring everything against how we feel, we're not only doing Him a disservice, we're doing us. A disservice. Twenty-five years this beautiful woman in the front here has put up with me. Twenty-five years. You know, it's not all been good. Is it okay to be honest? It's been problems. There's been situations you get married at 18 I don't recommend it It worked <laughs> almost didn't but it worked But you know there's a point in time where they say the honeymoon's over Right? There's something known as the seven year itch. After seven years, that that that's a make or break year. Why? Because that's when you realize that it's not emotion. That's when you realize that sometimes there's more worse than there is better. There's definitely much more poorer than there is rich. That's where you realize that love is more than a feeling. We live in a day and age of quitters. You don't like your job? I'll oh, quit. Find another one. You don't like your mate? Just quit. You'll find somebody else. We live in a day and age of quitters. Why? Because we live in a day and age where we are playing on our emotions. And in fact, there's a scripture we often quote. We wouldn't quote it tonight because we got a good crowd. But anytime that the weather's bad, the crowd's down, there's a lot of sickness, what do we quote? We're two or three are gathered together. Right? There I am, in the midst. You know, there's a tragedy in that scripture. Because sometimes it's just those two or three, even in a big crowd, that are seeking God, that are praying before service, that bring Him down in the midst. And there's those that did nothing to manufacture that and they get the residual from it. They live in the emotion of it. I'm not uh, He desires to abide in the praises of His people. We can't just come in and say here I am in, the, in, in His name we're gathered here He should be in our midst. That's not what it is. There's the omnipresence of God where He is everywhere at all times. But then there's that functioning presence of God, that manifest presence of God. That's why we come together. But those that just slip in right when that starts, haven't sought God, those are the ones that usually serve two gods. time we truly become one God people. I don't, I don't ever come to a pulpit hoping to step on somebody's toes, but maybe there's somebody I just I just made you think a little bit tonight. Maybe maybe there's somebody who just wants to find an altar and say, Lord for too long, for too long I've let my flesh dictate how I feel about you. Maybe there's just somebody tonight that you're going through a problem and you've done, man, you've kept a stiff upper lip and you just need strength to keep that. Maybe there's just an issue or a situation that you just need him to continue to strengthen you through that. He's here tonight. That God is in our midst. This altar is open for anyone that wants to just come and find him and show him you truly are a one God person.